This cathedral is filled with beautiful, mesmerizing stained glass. And right now it's filled with wonderful people too. Of all the stained glass, though, the one that I see every Sunday, the one that I look at the most, is is not the one that I want to see or really look at. But when I sit um, in what's called the Dean's stall just behind me, the moment my eyes wander to the right, the moment my face wanders towards some color, I'm looking at that very first little stained glass on the western wall, number one, and it's John the Baptist. And I don't want to look at John the Baptist, because let me tell you about this window. It's um, even right now with a lot of light coming in, a lot of light coming in, um, John's clothes and collars are really, really dark, and and what's around the glass that's immediately around him is dark purple and dark red and dark green and dark orange and dark black. It's not pretty or pleasant exactly. And then there's John himself, and you can see it when you walk up to communion, or if you're on the other side, just go back the other way, and it'll still work out. And you can see him when you come back from communion. You won't enjoy it, but you can take a quick look. And John, is, he's, his arms are way up in the air, and his legs are a little bit spread, and, and it's, it looks just like somebody who's trying to stop you and warn you. There are times where I look over at him, and I feel like he's trying to stop the whole service <laughs> because there's something we need to pay attention to, something more urgent even than these prayers and this music. I was talking this week with, we have a librarian, a volunteer librarian uh, named Ann Jones, who's wonderful, and Ann's written the book on the stained glass windows here. It's called Glory in the Wilderness, and I asked her about the John the Baptist window, and she said two things. She said, um, first, it's, it's the only piece of stained glass in this entire cathedral that was designed by a woman. Ann Willett designed that window. And two, Anne said, in her lovely voice, she said, it's my least favorite window. (laughs) And that makes sense. I don't know anyone who has ever said to me, my favorite biblical character is John the Baptist. So it makes me think that Anne Willett knew what she was doing. This is a startling, unpleasant unappealing character that shows up in the gospel. You brood of vipers, he yells at the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I suspect you know this, but just in case you missed it, that's not a compliment. (laughs) Repent, he thunders to all of us. Repent looking us in the eye, yelling at us. Like many an Episcopal priest, I I have for decades now said rightly that this word repentance means to turn around, to turn, turn away from something, turn toward something to reorient the whole of one's life, mind, body, and soul 
toward the good, toward mercy, toward justice, toward God, toward love, to reorient all that we are. It sounds kind of philosophical and even, even a little bit um, lovely to do that. But John, when he says it, he doesn't sound like an Episcopal priest. He sounds desperate and he looks sweaty and angry. And yet that's what he does, just yelling at us, demanding that we make a clear choice between what he undoubtedly would call the difference between good and evil, between life and between death. And here's what he sounds like to me. He sounds like not an Episcopal priest, but say a, um, a counselor at an intake rehab facility. And he looks you in the eye and he says, you can't take one more sip of that drink. Not one more ounce. Not one more ounce. Because for you, a thousand is not enough and one's too many. Or John sounds like a dear but brutally honest friend who looks at us and just simply says, you've got to stop. You have got to stop. There's more to John the Baptist than all that, though. There's a lot more, actually. John, in his own words, he says that the, the more, the more he tries to point toward is Jesus Christ, the one, in John's words, who is more powerful than I, the one who baptizes not just with water like me, but with water Holy Spirit and fire. But John, perhaps like any preacher, the more he, he, he preaches Jesus, the more he draws attention to himself too. There's more to John. There's another story in this gospel reading that I just, just love that shows you a whole different side of John's mind and heart and experience. It's in Matthew chapter 11. John has been imprisoned. And John, in that moment, sends one of his companions or, or followers to Jesus to ask a question, not to declare something, not to preach something, not to say something, but to ask a question. And the question that John from prison sends his companion to ask Jesus is this, are you the one to come or should we wait for another? That doesn't sound like John the Baptist in that window. That doesn't sound like John the Baptist in this reading. In that moment, in Matthew 11, John is, is, is broken and perhaps afraid and humbled. He's not preaching any longer. He's asking, are you the one to come or should we wait for another? It's a question that resonates with the questions that we ask. It's an Advent question. Are you the one who's going to bring peace in the Ukraine? Or should we wait for another? Are you the one who's going to bring peace of mind? Or should we wait for another? Are you the one who's going to bring community that overcomes this sense of isolation and loneliness? Or do we have to wait even longer? It's a question that resonates. And it's an Advent question. But that's not the John for, the, for today.
But John for today doesn't ask us anything, but demands that we make a stark choice, a clear choice between good and evil, between life and death. I'm really glad that that window is, is not as big as the others. <laughs> I'm really glad that you, unlike me, don't have to look at it every single time you sit down in this cathedral. But I'm glad it's here. And I'm glad his voice shows up, or voices like his, when we're in church on the second Sunday in Advent, or when we're in extremis, in those moments where you really need to make a clearer and better choice. I'm so glad John the Baptist is not our canon pastor. But my goodness, in those moments when we really are in the wilderness, there may be other more pleasant, kinder voices that are our favorite. But in those moments, those aren't the most important voices to listen to. It's John's and those voices that sound like his.